1: Welcome to the Transition Wild Podcast, the home for those looking for expertise and inspiration on all things Western big game hunting. I'm your host, Adam Parr, and you're listening to episode number 29, where we talk with Bob Polanek on Nebraska whitetail hunting. Hello, how's it going? Welcome to the Transition Wild Podcast presented by Heads Up Decoy. Hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you're out doing some hunting of your own. I actually just got back from my mule deer hunt in Colorado. I drew a second season, or not drew. I I purchased a leftover second season mule deer rifle tag, and uh, it was a it was a pretty amazing hunt. Um, not from the standpoint that it was like grueling hard, and you know we we hunted our asses off. But my my girlfriend and I uh, we went out opening day. Saturday morning she was able to kill uh, a great mule deer within the first half hour of the hunt and we got that all processed up and, and taken care of went home that night came back the next morning same spot and I was able to take my first mule deer um, first day of hunting about a half hour into it as well so we we put down a double uh, back-to-back days I got my first mule deer and I actually wrote a blog article about it. If you haven't checked it out, it's called, called Colorado Mule Deer Double. It's on my website. So I kind of highlight the hunt there and, and show some of the pictures. And I, I, I'm just tickled to death with him. It's, it's a cool experience. He's a nice five by five muley. And I couldn't be happier. So that, w- that was pretty cool. That's what I have going on. I'm gearing up for a whitetail hunt. I was planning on heading out to Nebraska Hence, why I have uh, Bob on the show today, because I because I was kind of picking his picking his brain on on lots of things and talked to him about hunting in Nebraska. But I have since changed, and um, over the last couple weeks, and I am now going to head to Oklahoma. And the reason being, the main factor is that Nebraska's gun season is the I think it starts the tenth and goes to the seventeenth. So. It's kind of that week I wanted to hunt and I don't really want to be out there competing with the rifle hunters and I and I did want to bow hunt so I've moved uh, a couple states to the south and I'm now going to hunt Oklahoma their gun season doesn't kick off till the following weekend so I'm gonna hunt that 10th through the 17th and see if I can get something something rolling there so stay tuned for that i think it's gonna be really cool it's diy public land bow hunting and i'm just gonna go for it haven't really i've never been there before just doing some scouting on google earth and onyx maps and just kind of checking everything out and going out on a whim and gonna give it a go so stay tuned for that Today's episode, we have Bob Polanik, and again, as I alluded to earlier, I was planning on hunting Nebraska, so I started picking Bob's brain. I found some of his videos online and uh, you know, decided to have him on the show, and, and we really just kind of talk about Nebraska whitetail hunting. He's hunted there for a number of years, and then we also talk about Iowa as well. Me and him um, kind of share that. I hunted there last year. He drew the tag this year. So we talk about that and gaining access and, and what it's like kind of hunting, um, you know, Nebraska and how, it, how it differs from where he grew up in Michigan. And, um, uh, you know, it just, it's, it's just a good, you know, storytelling, some tactics in there and some strategy. But, you know, most importantly, we just really talk about, you know, getting out and going on that out of state hunt. Cause it really opens your eyes. And I know what you're thinking. This is a Western big game podcast, and now it's a it's a whitetail episode. But <laughs> I I have my roots from Michigan, and and that's what I cut my teeth on. So um, there's definitely going to be a couple episodes throughout the year that <laughs> pertain to whitetail hunting. Although I try to keep it a little bit more Western, um, you know, focused. Whether it's Kansas or Nebraska, or you know, maybe I'll talk about Oklahoma, but I'll always, I'll always throw a couple Whitetail episodes in there. So let's not wait any longer. Let's get Bob Polanik on the line. Before we begin, I forgot to mention we did have a little bit of audio quality technical difficulties about 15, 20 minutes from now. So you'll notice we change over from his microphone, and I'm talking then talking to him on his phone. So you'll notice a difference in the audio level, and and uh, it'll sound a little different. So I just wanted to make you aware of that it's not on your side, it's on mine. So um, without further ado, here's Bob Polanik. All right, well on the line now we have Bob Polanek. How you doing today, man?
0: I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself?
1: Doing well, doing well. You're uh you're a fellow Michigander and I tell you what, you know, seeing seeing you do some hunting and and uh, being out in the woods this time of year in Michigan makes me miss home a little bit. So, how how, how are things there, man?
0: Uh it's pretty good. I live in uh, northern Michigan and we're dealing with a little bit of snow off and on, but uh the uh hunting is just starting to really kick up there's a lot of sign out in the woods but uh as much as i love hunting this great state of michigan uh i'm headed uh, uh out to the midwest and uh, i couldn't be more excited for that so
1: yeah that was that was always my thing growing up like i love hunting michigan it's where i cut my teeth and you see a lot of deer but when you want to kind of bump it up a notch and get to that next kind of caliber of hunting where you're starting to get into some of those older age class three-year-olds four-year-olds um you know you just got to (laughs) get you got to get outside of michigan there's it's it's not that it's bad it's just the reality of what you're kind of up against so um that's cool to hear that you're you're getting ready to hit the road
0: yeah, man. So you, you, you grew up with uh, like Chris Nolan and Chad Nolan, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I went to school with Chris. He was a senior when I was a freshman. We were on the golf team together, and okay, yeah, Chris is a uh, Chris is a good buddy of mine. Nice. It's and nice. And, and, and you, then, uh, so how you, do you know Chris? Do you you went to college with him? I I did not. So
0: one of my best friends went to college with him, and then Chris was the. Uh, president of western michigan fishing club and i pretty much met him through that at uh, a bunch of different steelhead tournaments and stuff like that and we just over the years became really good friends and uh now uh i mean he lives out in bozeman and now i'm out there every every other year going elk hunting with him or floating down the yellowstone with him or something like that but uh we were sitting there on the mountainside talking and he uh he brought up your name and i was like no kidding i was like i i know that guy we we've talked. you and i have talked uh via instagram a couple times but uh yeah, yeah small world man
1: <laughs> i know it's uh it's funny how small the hunting community is and then um you know kind of when you get to know lots of people you're you're relatively connected to pretty much anyone (laughs) anyone out there which is which is fun especially when it's all all a passion and and you love what you do You, you there's no stranger in this industry
0: right right exactly
1: so you uh were you out in montana this past fall or or was that last year
0: uh i was out in montana this year uh yeah mid-september chris and i went uh elk hunting i think it was our i think our third year hunting together so
1: nice nice yeah i haven't talked with chris since then but how did how did that hunt go did do you guys get into any action any shots fired
0: uh no shots fired i was uh chris chris is really good at uh calling he's got a a different way of doing it. He's uh, he takes the exact opposite approach of a uh, a lot of guys that um, do a lot of bugling. He's kind of the exact opposite. He does a lot of cow calling and kind of doesn't doesn't really bugle much at all unless it I mean unless it's a um, like the last ditch effort basically. Yeah. Yep. But uh, so he did great. He did great at calling in. Uh, uh, I think three or four bulls for me. Um, one of which I was a uh, full draw and, uh, the last day I was at full draw for probably 45 seconds and, uh, just didn't have a, a clean shot, but no, we had, we had some good action, had good weather and, uh, we kind of, uh, so it was a third year hunting together, but we finally developed a good system of, uh, kind of how to hunt together. It takes a little while to build that chemistry with, uh, your elk hunting partner that you only hunt with one week out of the year so
1: yeah for sure it's it's a different game and i i know i watched the video i think is on your youtube channel right of the chris's outkill kill from a couple years ago that was that was pretty amazing that was awesome footage and a sweet bowl for him to take with a bow It it was really amazing We hunted for. I think I oh, lost. It. I think I lost you there for a second, Bob.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm back now. Okay. Um, cool.
1: Yeah. So I. I was just uh saying about the video that you know you took of Chris shooting that bull and you guys hunting together. It was really amazing. That was a sweet bull with a bow. And and um, that was two years ago, right?
0: Yeah, that was two years ago, and uh, we actually had shot. We both got a bull that year. We. We hunted, and we each shot a we each shot a bull. I I held uh, an elk tag in my pocket for about 36 hours before I <laughs> filled my tag. So wow, very very fortunate. Didn't didn't exactly go down that way this year, but
1: hey, that's that's hunting. It's still fun to be out there, especially from Michigan being able to go out there and do some mountain hunting. That's that's uh, pretty special.
0: Absolutely absolutely
1: so you recently uh looks like you just took down a nice dough. Was that here this past couple of days or what what went down with that?
0: Ah, that that was last night so uh
1: nice congrats man
0: yeah thank you thank you kind of did went uh solo mission on it and uh it's a farm that up in uh northern michigan and cousin lives on it and he's got a six wheeler and whatnot and he offered to help but uh kind of just said no i'll get this one out on my own and had a a mild i don't know 150 yard drag out but it it felt good to kind of just do it on my own and you know set up a tripod take a couple photos and get her home and hung up so
1: yeah that is cool man like you know one thing i've kind of although i i love hunting with people and i love hunting with buddies and you know my girlfriend and whatever but i almost feel like for myself i just need that kind of alone time and that alone experience to really kind of gather my thoughts and just kind of be with myself and you know what you described there of just kind of going out and doing it on your own and you know not having anybody around it's 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 a magical moment and it's very rewarding in in its own sense so that's that's really awesome man that's cool yeah thank you
0: thank you yeah it's uh i've had a little bit of a frustrating season just i've had a few hunts where well, I've had more hunts that I have
1: and Bob, you still there? Hey, Bob, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I'm back.
1: Yeah, I don't know why it uh, keeps dropping off. I don't know if it's something with, with my end or, or what.
0: Uh... It's probably on my end because I live in the boonies. I live on a... <laughs> I live on a seasonal road and, uh, I'm using my, my phone as a a hotspot. Got it.
1: Got it. Got it. No worries. Um, yeah, if, uh, you know, we can always do it on the phone too, if that works, but, um, it's, it's not that big of a deal if it keeps popping back up. Um, but you, but you said, you said you kind of had a frustrating season, uh, so far. I, I know you had posted a picture on your Instagram of you kind of wounding that buck. Did you ever end up kind of coming across him or what's the story with that
0: yeah no I never never came across him so I uh I shot an eight point and oh I kind of I kind of rushed the shot a little bit and I just I hit him high and uh kind of hit him forward a little bit and I watched him he ran for about 150 yards and then uh he kind of walked off and I was able to it was in a field like was able to Watching the whole time through my binoculars and i i watched what i thought was him tipping over but come to find out it's kind of him just falling down and it was in like a thick like brushy area and uh I, I figured he tipped over and was dead there and so i didn't even really get on a blood trail i went to where i saw him tip over and uh i guess quote unquote tip over and uh i got there and there was he wasn't there. So I, uh, I marked his last blood, um, which there was blood where he went down. I don't know if he just bedded down for a little bit or, um, but yeah, he, he got back up and he kind of circled back to where he came from and went down into a crick bottom. And, uh, so I let him lay overnight and I got, I got back him in the morning and that's where I found him down the crick bottom. And I, I jumped him out of his bed at like 10 AM the next morning. And he took off, um, And he, the property I hunt is adjacent to school property. And as soon as he went on that school property, there's no weapons allowed. So I kind of eliminated any possibility for a spot and stalk. And it's kind of like, well, he's obviously still alive today. So I waited another day and uh, I could never get back on blood, but I did a lot of grid searching and just never came up, never found him. So I'm hoping he's still alive, but I've got a few cameras out and he hasn't popped back on him yet. So
1: yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's tough, but you know, that's, that's also the reality of bow hunting. And, you know, I commend you for posting that and, you know, in you know, kind of your description, it's, there's always things to be learned, um, about bow hunting and, and lessons to take away from any scenario. And I've, we've all been there. I've had the, a similar scenario last year on public land in Iowa and shot a great buck and, and just got one long and could not find him after two days of tracking. And it's just just how it goes and i and i think some people feel ashamed by it sometimes yeah it sucks it's not what we want but you know it's definitely the reality and and uh you know if you learn from it that's that's all you can do going forward
0: yeah exactly yeah so yeah and, and with like instagram or facebook a lot of it's uh it's just a highlight reel it's a. Yeah. And it's not even not even in the hunting community but it's just kind of in everyone's daily lives but it's, it's always uh, the best it, thing yeah exactly (laughs) but uh it feels good to be honest and kind of just say hey you know it's this is real life and uh i'm a real i'm a real person i make errors just like everyone else and maybe promote some other people to be able to be a little more honest and stuff like that so
1: yeah no i think i think it's great you know some man sometimes i just (laughs) <laughs> I love social media for the fact that it like connects people but sometimes, you know, just for that standpoint, I just feel like sometimes it's just a showboating fest. And um sometimes it can be difficult to like see other people's like Instagrams or Facebooks of all the kind of best success stuff and and you kind of put yourself in that same same thing like, "Oh man, I wish I could do that" or "I wish I could do that." And you kind of almost feel like you get down on yourself sometimes so it's it's nice to see the the both sides of it you know from from you showing the the real life aspect
0: yeah absolutely and uh I, i'm kind of hoping that um with with that particular buck like the story's not over and maybe you can get back on him. but yeah just to be uh to be open and honest about it i think is good and and hopefully it gives does come back maybe someone can kind of go down the same path and have a little hope themselves
1: for sure for sure so so you're uh it looks like you're going to be hunting nebraska again this year i and you have been talking a little bit you know kind of just chatting through instagram but i was actually doing my own research and looking to hunt nebraska this fall and i was searching on youtube and, and one of your videos came up i believe from from last year so that's uh I was like, Oh man, I know Bob. And, uh, so that's when I messaged you and I was like, Hey man, what do you, what do you know about Nebraska? I'm looking into hunting it. And, uh, it looks like you guys had a really cool hunt last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it was challenging. It was one of those where, uh, I had set out to, uh, film my wife and kind of the, the real goal was to film my wife, um, harvesting, uh, hopefully a mature buck and, uh, was kind of looking to submit it to like a uh, full-draw film tour or something like that. I was trying to get a white tail film in there, but um, after I think five or six days of filming her, I think we were down to our last day and uh, told her to I was trying to get her to sit in a certain tree stand that had kind of been neglected for a few days and she didn't want to because we had been having uh buck encounters in a, a, a whole different area, and so she wanted to go there and she kind of just said, you know what, it's the last day you've been filming me the whole time. You have a tag in your pocket as well. Why don't you, why don't you go sit there and and I'll go where I want to go and we'll just kind of divide and conquer. And I, you know, I said, absolutely. At this point, you know, we're just trying to fill a tag. So lo and behold, uh, about 8. AM. Um, I had, uh, I had a nice eight point down that, uh, we had seen probably three or four times throughout the week. And, uh, I, I had I was covered up in deer the whole morning. I think I had 24 different deer in in bow range by 8 a.m. I mean from the from the break of day to the time I shot that deer and even a little bit afterwards I had deer all around me. I had small bucks chasing does and the buck I shot actually had come by me two different times that morning. So yeah, it ended up being a really cool hunt and ending for me, but uh, not so much for my wife. So we are. Uh, <laughs> We're headed back out there this year to uh, hope she can redeem herself and uh, we can get her uh, a a buck down and hopefully get it on film as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. And, uh, yeah, it's really cool that you and and her actually – enjoy hunting and you know like she enjoys coming you coming with you on these trips and and partaking and sounds like she's she's pretty hardcore into it and that's kind of a rarity these days and I know for myself my girlfriend jenna she's she's really big into hunting. And, and, and for me, that's really important to have somebody who shares the same passion. And, you know, cause obviously as hunters, we're spending a lot of time in the woods and we're, you know, traveling across the country and it's just kind of selfish, um, in a, from a standpoint, if you if your significant other girlfriend, wife, um, doesn't necessarily enjoy that same passion. So that's cool that she's really involved with you. And I'm sure that's, that's really fun.
0: Yeah, it's uh, pros and cons, man. It's good. You definitely get to hunt. You get to hunt a little bit more than uh, probably the average guy. You get away with it a little bit more. But uh, at the same time, I mean, if your wife does something that a tree stand or, I don't know, misses a deer or something like that, you can't really say the same things to her that you could to your buddy. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah. you kind of got to bite your tongue a little bit. And, uh, and yeah, and then on top of that, I mean, you do start running into like, hey, you know, my wife and I, we hunt together quite a bit, but, and she's gotten better at it. But at first I was kind of like, well, you know, I'm going to go hunt with my buddy this weekend or something like that. And she's like, well, I was planning on hunting with you this weekend. So that, <laughs> will get, that gets a little tricky, but um, you can, you just got to have conversations and work it all out. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So kind of what I wanted to dive in today is more along the lines of kind of like, you know, the Western kind of whitetail and and talking about Nebraska and and kind of your experiences there. Because, you know, although my podcast is more kind of Western big game focused, I like to keep it, you know. I like, I'm always drawn back to whitetails this time of year. My, my mind is always (laughs) circling to that. So, you know, talking about Nebraska and, you know, maybe how you got started, um, with that, when, when did you start hunting Nebraska? Have you been going there for the past couple years? When did that all begin?
0: So the first time I ever hunted it was in 2010. I used to travel a lot for work and I was doing a, uh, like a dredging project on the Missouri river. And um, while well, I was there during hunting season, so you know, I looked at Nebraska. I think I looked at I don't know South Dakota, and then I want to say Minnesota. That's the kind of the area I was in. All all those those three states kind of come together in the area I'm at, which is like North East Nebraska. And uh, Nebraska was the cheapest over the contact, so I grabbed that. And then one of the local guys that we were working with, he had a farm. Um, just like an hour south of where we were working and he gave me permission to go hunt his farm, which is like a, I don't a 140 acre farm with maybe like 40 acres of timber on it. And, uh, back in 2010 when I wasn't really that big of a bow hunter. Um, and, uh, I had like three days to fill my tag. <laughs> so I jumped up in a tree stand that was, uh, already set up and I shot a uh, six point that kind of scored more than, I don't know, 30 inches maybe <laughs> <laughs> like like it was it was just a year old dink and uh yeah i was i was stoked you know You know, oh, sold yeah. my first non-resident tag i was super pumped you know yeah that's awesome so uh yep so i, I just kind of kept in touch with the landowner um since then and then 2016 uh finally made it back there and so 2016 i went out there with a buddy um, like way more serious, way more knowledge. You know, I think we even went out there in late July and the stands and cameras and did some scouting. Um, and then we went back in November for a week and, uh, did a week long hunt and we right out the gate, we both missed the biggest buck of our lives, which still would have been the biggest buck of our lives. But, um, that's all on video. Yeah. It's all on (laughs) video too. It's on a, I didn't, I didn't hide that either. That's there's a 2016 Nebraska hunt on my YouTube page. Anyone can go watch and they're going to see me just wide, wide left, completely missed like a practical 140, And, uh, And this was on that same, Mm -hmm.
1: this on that same 140 acre piece that you had hunted years prior. Oh wow. Cool.
0: Yep. Yep. Exact same, same exact farm. So, um, so yeah, my my buddy and I actually both missed the same buck 24 hours apart from each other. He missed it the first morning (laughs) we were there. He shot under it. So we drove through the night, like we got out of order five, drove through the night, jumped in tree stands right at daybreak. And, uh, yeah, he shot under it at thirty yards. It was all foggy and then the next day I shot way left of it. I just as I as I drew back and shot my bow as I shot I just moved my bow like out of my sight so I could like out of my line of vision with the buck and it just kinda of dragged my arrow to the left of the deer. Yeah,
1: yeah. So
0: uh yeah, and then um man, we had a lot of big buck encounters that back in 2016, that whole week. And my buddy was able to fill his tag, I think, second to last day. And I, I went home uh, empty-handed, but um, came back the following year, last year, and, um, yeah, was able to fill my tag. And hopefully uh, my wife, it will be her second year there, and hopefully she has the same luck as me on my second year. So,
1: For sure, for sure. And so. is that is Nebraska the only um, – state that you've hunted out of state from michigan or have you if you went to some different places
0: i've done a couple different places just with uh the traveling i did for work so um i've done nebraska and then i've done i did new york i worked in new york for like two and a half years and i would say new york is very comparable to michigan a lot of hunters um a lot of similar sized deer and age structure but i was able to get I got a hundred acre lease for like five bucks a year, oh wow and uh which was yeah incredible, and uh just had a couple decent bucks off there, and uh, that's kind of really what got going into um thinking more about how deer move and when to hunt mature bucks, and just you know reading a lot of blogs and books and watching a lot of videos and reading a lot of forums on how to hunt mature bucks it's kind of where it all started up like i don't know 2012-13 in, in new york but yeah so i've, I've done a few odd staters and uh i think this year yeah nebraska and then uh iowa as well it's kind of on the on the schedule
1: nice nice now um nebraska obviously it's it's pretty different from where you hunt or grew up hunting in in northern Michigan and kind of when I was watching some of your videos there it seems like it's kind of that that river bottom type you know Nebraska can be pretty open just like Kansas just like eastern Colorado Oklahoma South Dakota but you get it you're kind of your main focus kind of what you're keying in on are kind of some of these wooded draw river bottoms is that correct?
0: That is correct the the farm that we hunt specifically is actually right on the Missouri River. Oh, so nice! It's a it's basically a giant river bottom. It's a whole bunch of huge cottonwoods with one thick brush. That's probably all the brush is super thick and it's like twenty feet tall. And then there's a there's cottonwoods like every twenty to thirty yards, and uh, you get up twenty feet and you can just see perfectly over all the brush. And there's just little pockets that are open that you find and or there's, or field edges cause it's all farmland too. Yeah. So um, that's kind of what, that's kind of what we're hunting. Um, uh, it's really all that, the, like that, that farm, like that's just like the geography features of it. So
1: nice, nice. And um, so with that, are you are you are you setting up on field edges and and, and that stuff too? Or are you mainly kind of hunting the thicker cover because you're kind of hunting it usually more in November, kind of the rut.
0: Uh, it's about 50, 50, 50 There's a the way they move through that thick stuff is pretty good. Uh, there's just a lot of they they travel up and down the the edge of the river through the timber. It's kind of where the, it's the only the only timber in the whole area is along the edges of the Missouri river. So there's probably, I don't know, quarter acre, it's quarter acre wide strip of timber that goes up and down the Missouri. And then after that, it's all, it's all farm. It's like to the West of all that. It's all farm. It's all ag fields. And usually typically when I'm out there, it's all cut or, you know, it's beans. It's been cut for a while. I think this year it's corn and the corn should still, yeah. I talked to my buddy out there today, the corn's still up and I guess it's been pretty wet out there. So, corn should be up for a little while i'm I'm hoping we'll be out there next week i'm hoping they're cutting the corn while we're there because anytime you get in that situation i mean it's just it's it's absolute chaos it's deer just funneling into all the timber as as the corn's getting cut and you can see some you can see a lot of deer you can see all day long and you can see some really nice bucks
1: yeah. Yeah. Well that's that's really cool, especially coming from Michigan where you yeah, you know, you, you maybe don't have the same same sightings all the time. I know that was mm-hmm. the biggest thing for me when I started hunting Kansas. I was like, man, like just the age structure, the amount of deer, deer doing things that you see on TV, like responding to rattling or <laughs> coming into calls, you yeah. do that stuff in Michigan. It's, it's uh, a lot of times can hurt you more than actually help you. Do you find the same thing? Like you yeah. see a lot of good movement, um, you know, rattling, calling, um, you know, older age class bucks as comparative to where you hunt in Michigan.
0: Oh, a- absolutely, man. It's uh, the, the deer population, the density, it's so high. The, the age structure is great. I mean, that was the best part about bringing my wife out there. All she had known was northern Michigan hunting, where half the time you don't see deer. And then we go out there, and like it's it was it's honestly like a TV show. Oh,
1: it's yeah.
0: like you see 20 deer per sit. You're normally going to see at least one mature buck per, per hunt. I mean, not always in bow range or anything like that, but you're always going to get eyes on on a big boy and then I mean the coolest thing I think I've ever seen, I've only seen it a couple of times and it's always been in Nebraska is watching a mature buck chase a doe through corn and watching each row of corn just like get folded over as like his rack just takes out the corn stalks. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden he pops out the edge and you're like, yep, that's that's that big boy folding all those corn stalks over. It's like <laughs> it's just it's just incredible. So, and yeah, like you said, they're, they're a lot more responsive to calls. Um, they're, they put up with a lot more pressure. They put up with a lot more scent. I've never had so many deer downwind of me and I don't, I don't use Ozonics or anything like that. I just, I mean, I have a scent. I use scent control sprays and always keep my stuff in tow. It's better than that. Um, I've had tons of deer downwind of me and they might, Put their nose up a little bit, maybe a little flick of the tail, but then they just put their head back down, keep feeding, keep on their whatever run they're on or whatever. They don't, they don't bust, they don't blow. Here in northern Michigan, if if a doe gets even a little bit of my wind, it's stomping and blowing, and the whole the, every the whole county knows that I'm sitting <laughs> at hunting. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, I've I've seen the same thing. It's it's frustrating in Michigan and and a breath of fresh air when you get out to some of these these states that um, you know like Kansas, Nebraska and uh, it's just really fun man it's a totally different world I, I I, try to encourage everybody to just leave the confines of of Michigan, not, not that there's anything again wrong with hunting in Michigan or anything, I love it, right. you love it um, it's just a whole different experience when you get out of state to some of these different places and you know get to experience some of these new things
0: yeah I, I just really think that everyone should every serious bow hunter should at least experience the rut in the Midwest at least one time in their life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, in regards to getting permission to this, this property in Nebraska, um, have you looked around for any other farms? Have you explored any public land that maybe is in close proximity or are you just kind of focusing on this 140 acre piece? I've,
0: we pretty much just focus on this 140 acre piece. Um, I'd need to need to start knocking on doors and getting more permission on different, different properties. Cause this, I don't, the landowner's not going to be alive much longer. Um, I'm actually wondering if this is going to be the last year that we get out there, we might have one more year. Need to start figuring out something here soon because um, now that we've made friends out there, Lodging is for, for my wife and I we can go out there, lodging's free. We oh, stay that's with great. a couple. yeah, we stay with a couple that we've we've met. And uh so it's really a cheap hunt for us. So the over the counter tag's not too much. I think it's like two fifty. Yep. And then uh man, lodging's paid for and you bring all your own food and stuff like that. So and you're not you're not doing anything besides sitting in the trees, so you're not really spending any other money. So you can get away <laughs> with it for pretty cheap. Yeah. But
1: uh well, it's cool how you can develop a relationship too. I've I found the same thing with with some of the farmers that I've met in Western Kansas, and you know I continue to hunt there every other year or whenever I draw that tag, and you know it's free access, um, you know. But I'm in the same boat that you know, I I can never have enough (laughs) access. So you might as well (laughs) just go drive around and knock on some doors because you never know. And what i found too, with some of these more Western states is it's easier. Um, not that it's like easy by any means, but as you know, in Michigan or some of these more pressured States where you got, you know, a million hunters out there, it's, it's pretty tough to get a yes but when you move into some of these states with with lower just general population of hunters it's it's a little easier to to get gain permission and, and hunt for free in a, in a lot of aspects
0: yeah it's it, it is incredible it's it's a completely different mindset out there there it's uh yeah sure come on come on out and hunt i mean so i, I like i said i got permission in 2010 to hunt this farm like, like I said, I, I kept in contact with everyone, just in touch. Hey, how you doing? How was your season? Stuff like that. But 2016 rolled around and I had to make the call of like, all right, I got to get like real permission to go back out there again. I haven't seen anyone in six years. And I made the call like, hey, um, Buddy and I are thinking about coming out to Nebraska and hunt. Do you have any you know, public land that you could point us in the direction of or anything like that. They were like, why don't you just hunt the farm you hunted last time? There's plenty of room for the two of you. It's
1: like, being
0: <laughs> a <dad>. It's like, <laughs> all right. That's, that's great. So we'll definitely do that. Yeah.
1: Oh, but. well, thanks for bringing that up. I uh, I thought you would never bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You go well, in with the right uh, intentions and it, and it happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... That's cool. That's cool. So, you're, um, from what you had kind of we were talking about a little bit earlier, you kind of did the same thing with Iowa, right? I mean, maybe it wasn't necessarily a connection because you worked out there years prior, but you also did some door knocking this summer. And and uh, what what kind of outcome did did that bring?
0: Um. So yeah, I had a theory that if I knocked on a door. With my buddy, him and I, who are going to Iowa, we drew, you know, we put in, we applied, we did the poll preference point thing, and then we drew Mm -hmm. with, like, just intention of hunting public land, but we were going to go knock on doors, and uh, I had this idea, like, okay, if him and I roll up to a house and knock on the door and do the whole conversation and introduce ourselves and say, hey, you know, just wondering if you'd let me hunt here, blah, blah, blah. I figured it was just gonna be a lot of no's. And then I had this idea that if I did it with my wife, I'd probably get at least one or two more yeses than I would if it was me and my buddy. So I talked to my Smart man. I talked my wife Yeah, I talked my wife into going and knocking on doors with me and uh we got super lucky and uh the third door we knocked on, the guy was uh he was like, Yeah, I like, well, you know I've got We've got a few people hunting here already, so you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is a no. And uh, he's just like, so, I guess I don't see what that would be a problem if you guys hunt here too. And it's like, excuse me, <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, so we kind of got permission that way. And then, um, just after talking to him more, and then looking on uh, Onyx maps and realizing like everyone around him has the same last name started talking to him and he's like oh yeah my cousin owns that 200 my brother owns that 200 if you go ask them and let them know that i gave you permission on my farm they'll let you hunt their farm too so we ended up getting permission on like 700 acres whoa and uh yeah yeah so it's actually too much don't don't say say that bob there's never too much (laughs) i know i know so uh, so yeah, we were we were super fortunate that got permission there, and then yeah, uh, my buddy my buddy that I'm hunting with his name's Mike. He uh, him and I went out there and scouted in uh, August. We hung some tree stands, some cameras, and I had I had thrown a couple cameras up when I was out there with my wife in July. And uh, yeah, we've got there's a few nice bucks around. We're pretty excited. There's uh, there's, there's it's going to be an, a cool hunt to watch uh the rut slash post rut kind of unfold There's a great there's a great amount of uh bucks to doze around there
1: oh yeah so. i was a different world i i hunted there last year with my buddy joe wilson and it was it was pretty amazing i there i remember one morning i hunted i i had seen 11 bucks before i think 9 a.m and we were hunting kind Holy of, Lord. yeah, it was, it was, it was unreal. And, uh, but you know, one of the things, I mean, we were hunting all public stuff, but one of the big takeaways for me, you know, I was just like, Oh, I'm playing inside the lines, right? Like the public land is the public land and that's all I have. I, I kind of had this mindset that Iowa was, you know, similar to maybe not necessarily Michigan, but it would, it would be tougher to gain access than, Than let's say Kansas, Western Kansas where I was used to. So I didn't even really think about knocking on doors, but we had met these guys that were also from Michigan that were hunting out there at the same time. And man, they knocked on doors the first day they got access to one farm. I think it was a couple hundred acres. And then, um, you know, that didn't really pan out. They kept hunting some other public and then just kept knocking on doors throughout their kind of you know, 10 day hunt. And, and I think midway through like the first week they got permission to hunt this. I think it's like a, wasn't very big. I think it was like a 180 acre piece. And they ended up killing two. Uh, one was a, a booner that they killed off it, uh, the first morning. And then, the the next morning, um, his other buddy went in there and killed a I think a 140 or a 150 um but it just goes to show you like you never know I mean you just need to go in and 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 what's the worst that's going to happen they're going to say no and and you move on to the next one but at least you tried and if you do get it 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 opens up a whole nother world
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um and we we scouted some public too. I actually I see a camera up on public and uh, I checked it a couple weeks later when uh, my buddy and I were scouting. And there was, was a great, probably a better buck on public than any of the bucks we had on uh, the, the private. Not, not that that means anything. I mean, that's all way back in July and, you know, summer ranges and all that. But the public land in Iowa is absolutely incredible. Half of it is ag land. Half of it's beans and corn. And it's like I got, I got to talking to a local guy. He was like, "Yeah, they lease all the public land out to farmers, and so like it's it's just absolutely incredible for deer hunting."
1: Yeah, yeah, so, I mean that's that's the same thing I experienced, And when I look at Iowa, it's like if if you had this perfect image of you know ideal whitetail habitat as far as like crops to trees to cover to draw to hardwoods, um, it's just like, it's the perfect mix of everything, and I can see why the deer hunting is so good there, um, so I, I'd say yeah. you're in for a treat, man, I, this is, is this your first time hunting Iowa?
0: It, it is, yes it is.
1: Nice, nice, and you you said you're going to be hunting more kind of the post-rut, or, so is that maybe more mid-November, kind of in that standpoint?
0: Yeah, we are, we drive out there November 7th. And then we're hunting the eighth through the eighteenth. So, okay. yep. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's rut or post rut. I know the rut's a little different there compared to here in Michigan. But um, I've talked to a lot of guys that hunt the Midwest, and they, a lot of, a lot of stuff I'm reading is a lot of guys keep talking about that middle part to late part of November, which we're not out there november you know it's still it's definitely middle but they say like that's kind of when you have your your big bucks looking for that second or third doe to breed and they're just they become more and more visible because they just have to travel more and more to find you know just one last hot doe yeah. so we've heard for a lot of good things about that time frame which, you know i think any time in november in iowa you're probably going to be doing all
1: right so yeah no i think i think you're spot on there i mean um you know we hunted i think last year i think it was like the fifth don't say it's the fourth or fifth through like the 12th something like that and you know there's it's it's i I think you're spot on i mean i if i could have done it again i wish we would have pushed it back a little bit and kind of tried to hit a little bit more that that middle november um just because it was it was a little bit sporadic in the beginning, but it always is, you know, Uh, a lot of it depends on the weather, but I would say you're doing good. I think, I think your good move there is that you're spending 10 days. And, um, that's one thing that I, I talk about that I, you know, kind of regret is like you put all that time into, you know, scouting and waiting three or four years to draw that tag. And you only spend, you know, let's say six, six days of hunting, um, you know, it's really tough to get it done, especially for your first time. And and if I could do it over again, I would I would block off two weeks, and that's probably what I intend to do for next trip that I take to Iowa. I wanna I wanna really block off some time so I can get it done because it's like I said, you, you put a lot of time and effort into it. So I think you made a good move there.
0: Yeah, th- thank you. You're uh, you're the third or fourth person to say that, so I I'm crossing my fingers, hope it- holds true and uh i'm trying to trying to manage expectations and um i have i've never really shot a a really big buck or anything like that um nothing close i don't even think i've got a pope and young under the belt but i'm just i just can't wait to just watch the midwest rut unfold that's just i have such a draw to that i mean even if I just went out there and sat in a tree stand and filmed for someone and even hunt, I think I'd be perfectly happy, but, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm stoked to have a tag in my pocket. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be cool. So, um, so you mentioned all this filming and everything where, uh, where can we go to kind of check out some of your, some of your hunts, uh, website, YouTube channel. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah. I've got both. Uh, I've got a website, uh, hybrid com, and then, um, YouTube's, uh, same thing, hybrid outdoors, same with Instagram, Facebook, we've both got pages on that all hybrid outdoors. Um, just a uh, kind of a blend of hunting and, and fishing. I probably do uh, as much fishing here in Michigan as I do hunting, um, you know, Midwest and out West and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, always, always filming stuff and trying to just put, uh, I don't know. It's, it's almost a hobby at this point. It definitely doesn't pay any bills. So, um,
1: <laughs> It's fun. But, uh,
0: it's it's just cool. To, yeah. It's cool to reflect back. And I know I've got a lot of buddies that have enjoyed, um, the effort and stuff like that. And I've got a lot of family members that are kind of just like, you know, those are pretty cool. It's cool to be able to follow along on your hunt and stuff like that. So it's more of a, more of a personal hobby at this point. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, that's uh, cool. yeah,
0: definitely definitely check it out. There's a couple uh whitetail hunts from Nebraska on there. There's a really good Montana elk hunt on there that you had mentioned earlier with Chris. And then there's uh there's a quite a few uh steelhead fishing videos that are um are pretty pretty stellar as well.
1: yeah yeah well I'll definitely link to that on my website for people to go check out and uh yeah that filming thing that's a whole nother level man like you know especially from hunting and and bringing all the equipment and making sure you got the shot on film like that's a whole different animal and I, I actually tried that years ago and I was just like man just isn't for me i i kind of just like less uh, I, i'm more on the mindset for me i'm like less is more uh, i just need less gear but that's uh, hats off to you man anybody who does that and films hunts that's a uh, that's a whole nother level that's really cool
0: yeah pros and cons again it's uh it's fun <laughs> to be able to look back and reflect but um yeah it it becomes a, a hassle especially when you're hunting five six seven days in a row It you know having enough on a memory card um always having batteries charged and stuff like that and then you, every time you get in the tree stand and get out you're putting up a tree arm setting up your camera yeah. taking it back down all all that stuff so it, it can get old but you you look back on it and uh I don't know, it's 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 fun to relive something that i'll probably throw up uh uh, my last nebraska hunt on my uh facebook page here soon and i know anytime i watch those i usually get pretty fired up and same with uh yeah before i'm going to deal with fishing or anything like that i'll throw one of those videos on and <laughs> usually get pretty fired up to do do whatever so it's just fun to reflect and, and have those memories
1: yeah yeah for sure Well, cool, man. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on here. Definitely good luck this fall and, and I'll be following along for sure, especially in Nebraska and, and Iowa. So wish you nothing but the best. Hope everything goes good. And, and, uh, yeah, again, appreciate you coming on, Bob, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey
0: man, I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, if any of your listeners have uh, any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to me. Um, and then on top of that, if anyone has any questions on, uh, filming setup uh feel free to send me a private message on facebook or something like that this will be do my first year trying to film with uh, a dslr in 4k and nice. uh that's yeah it's we'll see how it goes <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not easy so, got
1: it got it well cool uh, man well uh yeah thanks again and and have a good night
0: all right man good luck this year
1: All right, another episode in the books. Thanks again to Bob for coming on the show. And thanks to you guys for tuning in. If you like what you're hearing, you can leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast at, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Leave us that five-star review. That'd be much appreciated. The Transition Wild podcast is hosted on the Western Big Game feed. um, So make sure you subscribe to that one if you're looking to get more content from myself and if you you know like what you're hearing you can also subscribe there that would be much much appreciated and would mean a lot i'm seeing a lot of big deer going down this is uh first week of november when i'm recording this and man so there's some giants hitting the dirt i've really got the itch to get out there and go whitetail hunting and uh listening to Bob talk about Nebraska and Iowa. I just can't wait to get out there and and try out a new state in Oklahoma. And and I think that's one of the things we we really drove home, you know, there's a lot of opportunities to be had if you just put yourself out there, knock on some doors, go check out some public land. Go on that first western, you know, whitetail hunt or first out-of-state hunt. It'll change your life, man. It opened up it opened up my eyes, and I'm sure it'll it'll do the same for you. So, you only live once. Uh, life is short. Buy the gear, buy the tags, plan the hunt, and and uh, experience memories that will last a lifetime. Whether it be with friends or family, that's what it's all about. I hope you guys are being safe out there. Hope you guys are having fun. I look forward to. Um, my again my my whitetail hunt i'm I'm jealous of all you guys out there in the stand I, i miss it it's it's in my blood and uh i just can't wait to to experience some of that november whitetail rut so thanks again for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon